Hi guys, Matt LaMarche here with Keller Williams First Atlanta. Hope you guys are doing well. If you have a business or a nonprofit that you'd like to see featured here, please feel free to give me a call at 678-687-4397 or shoot me an email to matt at mattlamarche.com. Thanks so much. Actually, you know what I'll do? It's so it messes up your editing. I'll just keep <laughs> Was he here the whole time? Or no? yeah. Here with Matt LaMarche. Matt's a Keller Williams agent, just like me. He's got his own little uh, selling Sandy Springs. It's like a what's up Sandy Springs. Exactly. Pretty much. With yeah. video. Exactly. Yes. Selling Sandy Springs is something I kind of came up with like a year ago, actually before I got into real estate, that uh, I wanted to feature nonprofits and businesses and local leaders and local influencers um and just kind of get them to tell their story um and um and then obviously you know a free video form to kind of use is what i call an extended commercial um that they could use on social they could use on their website they could use wherever and whenever they wanted but it's a free service obviously to them um you know some of them are two three four minutes long others with the mayor we had one that was 33 minutes long and so how long you know, did it take you to interview the mayor? Like how, how many One hour. He gave me 60 minutes. Okay. But how long before do it? Like, it took us, what, a year just to get into the mayor's office? I never asked. Yeah. Oh, I thought, okay. <laughs> so you just But asked. that wasn't present. That, was that was your first episode. That was show. the first episode, yeah. yeah. Oh, went big. Well, well, so my first episode was like me just introducing myself and saying, here's what Selling Sandy Springs is all about. Uh, you know, for the first two months from like October, November, I kind of been working on like the structure of it, the feel of it and everything and uh, promoting it without really having done any work yet. And so in November, really just hit the ground running on interviewing people and, and getting in front of the right people to, to interview. Um, and the so mayor, you were telling people that you were doing Selling Sandy Springs months ago. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh, for what? Yeah, well, and what is it? And what are you going to be doing? And who are you going to be talking to? I mean, it's You're not, not a real estate agent, though. Not, not at that time, yeah. I mean, I got my license on uh, December 5th. So, you know, the, the, the idea was kind of like a sink or swim thing. Yeah. And it's not something you can explain in 30 seconds, unfortunately. It's easier actually just to go watch a video and go, ah, okay, I get it. Right. Um, or, or just to listen to the audio and go, I, I see what he's doing here. Um, but to explain it is like a four or five minute thing where it takes some getting used to the idea of people being on video. Not many people are comfortable. Oh, I hate it. I'm hating it right now. <laughs> Shout yeah. out. And I wore my yeah, pink shirt to uh, <laughs> accent my red face. Yeah. And you know, one of us should have shaved. We all look like, yeah. you know. I'm pretty scrunchy. Yeah. There, there's something oh, well. there. You guys there's look really there. similar. You almost have the same. Yeah, I mean, well, we're, we're kind of like. It's the Matt template. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Matt template. There is a template. <laughs> Spike. And it's funny, <laughs> like, everything that you mentioned, like, I actually was promoting What's Up Dunwoody before I was real estate. Mm-hmm. Or it was like right at the beginning. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even, I guess I, another similarity. Even if we didn't, even if I didn't get my license, this was something that I was still going to do because in this area, in Dunwoody, in Roswell, in Alpharetta even, I mean, as you move further up north, 400, there's, there's just a lot of complaining going on, I feel like, about what's going on in this area. And for me, I wanted to bring out the positive. Like there's a lot of really cool, good things happening in this area. And none of that's getting any airtime. Yep. So I wanted to put and that if on. If you read Facebook comments, it's all negative. Yeah. Everything. Or next door. Yeah. If you ever spend any more than I'll ten seconds on next that. door. This is like a parallel universe. You you need your Justin. I need right? to be a Matt LaWeber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do need a, a yeah. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we'll be hiring soon. Somebody hiring sure. popping sure. collars. I can just loan them out to you. <laughs> uh, I work for free. Clearly. Oh, even better. That's exactly what we were looking to pay. Yeah. So, um, but no, yeah. So I just wanted to kind of, you know, I'm really involved with the um, Homeowners Association, have been for the last four years. Is that another thing? I'm on the Homeowners Association okay. for Dunwoody. <laughs> so, Wait, is, is your wife blonde? In no. Thin? Oh, no. no. Her name's Tasha. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I was president of our Homeowners Association for the last four years, which at Mount Vernon was is 250 homes uh, that kind of straddle uh, Abernathy and Mount Vernon. Um, and, you know, going through the last four years, not just inside of our neighborhood, but everything kind of around us, with Mercedes-Benz and UPS and Noel Rubbermaid. I mean, all of these big, big movements that, you know, corporations were making, you know, there was a lot of traffic concerns and a lot of issues that were getting brought up that the homeowners were worried about. And rightfully so. I mean, you know, if you've lived here for 30 or 40 years, you've seen a lot of change. Just, you, you can't deny that. But I've only been in Sandy Springs for seven years. And one of the reasons that I moved to Sandy Springs was because we lived in Ackworth and it was kind of a quiet, sleepy little town, and there wasn't much going on there, you know, economically. I mean, there just wasn't much opportunity. When we moved here, it was like the world just exploded with with uh, things coming at us. So um, so when we moved here seven years ago and we were looking for, for our next house, we decided, you know, kind of like East Cobb, Sandy Springs, Dunwoody area, we wanted to be kind of close to the city, but also kind of have that suburban feel still and be closer to stuff that we do. Um, and I'm not one to just like go and buy a house and then just sit there and not kind of get involved on some level. So, um, got onto the board as the vice president, like two years in, and then, uh, was quickly promoted. <clears throat> voluntold. Um, is voluntold, word. right. Voluntold. Yeah. I mean, somebody else steps out. I did such you... a great job at the vice president role <laughs> that they promoted me to president <laughs> of the homeowners association. Um, no, but, you know, got to learn a lot about uh, the area in that time, attended a lot of zoning meetings and planning commission meetings and Marin City Council meetings where, you know, neighbors were out and, and pretty big force uh, kind of sharing, you know, what they wanted to see. And, and as we've just kind of redone our development code, um, you know, I was a, I was a big um, proponent of kind of smart growth as opposed to just growth for growth's sake. And... Um, the mayor actually put me on a um, zoning advisory board, which basically kind of held the teeth, if you will, of the development code ordinances and stuff, the, the law behind the development code. Um, and, uh, and that was interesting because we had a lot of homeowners. We had a lot of uh, homeowners association, you know, presidents and vice presidents and members. But we also had developers and commercial real estate agents and, um, you know, just a lot of people that stakeholders basically that are buying into Sandy Springs and so through that process I really got to kind of see behind the scenes of when you write a 10-year comprehensive plan you know this is what it looks like and this is how you go and execute upon it um, which was really cool and that was a neat experience um, so you know they're looking at a lot of challenges over in Sandy Springs with the North End revitalization up near the river you know just south of Roswell and trying to figure out how do we bring more economic development? Does the government subsidize it? Do we get uh, partnerships with other, other developers that are going to bring economic development and change to that area? Or you know, how does that how does that all work out and how does it shake out? So, um, but it's been good. It's been good seven years, and I, I'm glad I got involved because 
we can all sit on the sidelines and complain, or you can get off and start talking about it and actually put some change into place. We sat on the sidelines and complained for a few years now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, another similarity. We moved here about seven years ago, I think okay. it was like eight years ago. And uh, yeah, I didn't do any of that stuff. Yeah. Just sat back and... But, you know, yeah, these homeowners, these HOAs are, are little gateway drugs to getting more involved. Like, like you're saying, I mean, that's how you got in with the mayor right away, because obviously he knew you through that. Yeah, had that connection. 100%. Yeah. 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 What, what's the neighborhood? Um, what, what's your actual neighborhood? Yeah, it's Mount Vernon Woods. Okay, I haven't heard of that one. So yeah, is this your sales pitch? Do you have a pool? Yeah, do you have a pool? I'm sure you have a pool. <laughs> of course we have a pool. We'll talk. <laughs> Actually, do you, are the um, are your pool dues built into the HOA? Fees? Yeah, okay. so that's kind of what's crazy, right, is that 250 homes we have, um, you know, most of them built in basically two phases in the 50s and the 70s. Um, my house is kind of like in phase two. And, um, you know, the old school amenities that, that the 50s and 60s and 70s brought was giant pools, typically clubhouses or at least restrooms, um, and then you know a kiddie pool or, or tennis courts or some, you know some other ancillary amenity, and um, and you know when you look around at like your competition so to speak, especially in real estate when you're looking at neighborhoods around that area, you know that's a big value add. A lot of people like to be in a swim tennis community, and it adds to the value of your home. Um, a lot it of adds people to the value of your community. I mean, oh, 100%. You get well, to know your neighbors. 100%. And so that's another thing that we tried to do with the HOA was, uh, you know, build out 10 events a year, basically, you know, almost once a month um, from a chili cook-off to a 4th of July thing. I mean, you know, if you were in town most of the summer, you could attend three or four events and, and get involved and meet a lot of neighbors that you hadn't met before. Um, times have just changed where when I was a kid, we were outside playing all day long and you knew all of your neighbors and, you know, it was just a very different time. It's, it's changed. But I think that that's one of the challenges that all new neighborhoods face. It's, it's not necessarily the size or the scope or the amenities that you have. It's, it's just the people. <laughs> well, was there a difference between the, the phase one people in the neighborhood and the phase twos in terms of do some of them have to pay those HOA fees? Yeah, it's an umbrella. So everyone's in it that has been in it from the beginning, which was like 2000. Oh. Oh, great. So at some point, uh, two thirds vote got put through for the whole, the whole neighborhood. And those two thirds joined and um, and they kind of started the association. So one third doesn't have to pay? They didn't. Okay. They didn't have to um, at that time. But since then, I mean, I think we've got 214 or 215 homes now part of the association. association. So you know, we've made a huge increase over just really like in the last two or three years in presenting that value prop that, you know, there's a lot of good that can come from a homeowners association. Yeah, it's yeah. not just well, what and, you hear. And you got to bring them in when the house sells, right? So like, basically, if you if you owned it prior to this being a thing, you didn't have to, but then if you sell it, that's how you get them in? Yeah, the right, the right of the association runs with the property. So okay. even if you go and buy a 1,200 square foot home in that neighborhood, you tear it down and build a McMansion on it for you know five or six thousand square feet. It's still there. You're still part of the association, right. even if you put a pool in your backyard. <laughs> so, which a lot of people have, and you know, a lot of them question what's the value to me. Um, I have a pool in my backyard. Well, it's still good for your property values. Like the oh. the fact that there's a tennis court here, the fact that there's a kids playground. I mean, the the entrances are all maintained and landscaped, and we've actually just put up two new signs on Abernathy. We're going to do two more on Mount Vernon. Once the city of Sandy Springs decides what they're going to do with Mount Vernon, 
Um, he got permission for his signs. <laughs> <laughs> Do y'all have an rookie? HOA? Is that rookie? Georgetown? <laughs> I wish we had an HOA here. <laughs> that's a little video, a video. Yeah. there you go yeah see that's why you should watch the video and not just listen yeah. to the podcast yeah um if you if you're a pod if you're one of our podcast listeners you should check out the video yeah um this is interesting we'll definitely link up the video it'll it adds a new dynamic yeah it, sure. does, it does for sure i don't think i like it i keep forgetting about it too yeah, except like, I, think scratching you're the, I don't have shoes on like <laughs> you're the only one that hasn't done this so far that's another video only joke yeah. right, right. Um, but no I mean you know it, when you're looking to be competitive in real estate especially when you're looking at different neighborhoods some of them are charging seven fifty, a thousand, twelve hundred dollars you know to be a year right. to be a part of that and, and if you go to like a lifetime fitness or you know wherever has a pool um, and tennis courts, you're going to pay two, three, four hundred dollars a month in some cases. Easily, so, easily. you know, or even a country club at, you know, a couple thousand uh, for initiation, and a couple more hundred every month. I mean, you know, it's just not cheap to run an association period. It doesn't matter what the amenities are. Um, but, you know, it's interesting from from a business standpoint, if you run it like a business, it's successful. Well, and that's one thing that as the president of our homeowner association, I was always looking after because these are volunteer roles, right? Yeah. And and it's I'm a always, lot of retired folks too that well don't understand what Justin's talking about. Yeah, well, when I started out um, on the board, it was me as the youngest one by you know call it twenty years basically, um, and you know over the four years, I basically transitioned everyone out and back and uh, kind of refilled every other position and. You know, that's that's in and of itself a challenge. But then when you've got young working professionals that have young kids and young families and some of them aren't even married yet, you know, one of my big things was I value your time. <laughs> Our monthly meeting is going to be an hour. If it goes over, I apologize. But I'm really, really trying to look after your time and I appreciate your time as a volunteer. Um, but then in addition, you know, it's a very seasonal thing. Obviously, when you're opening your pool up, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into that. And then, of course, closing it down at the end of the season. Um, you know, we just had our tennis courts resurface. So, you know, there's a lot of major expense and time and effort that goes into it. And um, I, I tried to value people's time as much as possible because they were volunteers. Well, and that's the weirdest thing about it is it's, it's actually really a business. You guys probably take in between $100,000 and $200,000 a year. And it's just run by these, trans, you know, transitory type roles. You know, mm-hmm. it's like in two years, I'm not going to be doing it. You know, That's right. Are you still the HOA president? I I just got out yesterday, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, we... we You're going to get killed tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, he he just retired. (laughs) No, I mean, I had some objectives, and I told my wife when I took it over, I was like, you know, I want to make sure that we've invested into the community more than just the dollars that we throw at this thing. And, you know, that was kind of like my my way of bridging the gap between us just moving here and kind of where I am today with... I got to meet meet most of my neighbors face to face, which again doesn't happen much. Um, but in addition, you know, we had some debt and we paid it down, and we'll be done with it this year. And that was one of my major objectives was to remove all debt from the association because it only holds you back. When you got fourteen or fifteen hundred dollars a month going out, that money could be reinvested. And even though money's cheap right now, um, and it was when they took on the loan, it's you know it's something that. Uh, I just don't run my business that way. I don't like to run any other organization that way. I think it kind of holds you back. So, What was the loan for? Um, they just did some minor renovations on the pool and, and the kiddie pool. And 
um, the uh, the playground and stuff. I mean, it was definitely a value add for sure, but it was just a difference of philosophy. And and for me to get that paid down, kind of put the next step in front of us. That here's here's the next set of, of challenges and objectives we need to try and overcome. And and you know financially healthy organizations always do better than those that are strapped with cash, strapped for cash rather. So um, we're, we're the opposite. We've always been frugal and now we're going big and mm-hmm. putting in a nice, I mean, we're well, tearing out the whole pool soon. Yeah. And you do have to be competitive. I mean, there are people shopping just, you know, based on swim and tennis for sure. Um, but in this area, you know, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of um, opportunities that people have and there's a lot of different ways they could go with the decision that they make for their home based on the community that it's in. But, but you know, um, that's the big difference between a neighborhood pool and, say, a lifetime fitness. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, you can't just hang out and, and drink for a few hours by the pool. And, and that sounds, I, I don't know, I mean, that sounds like, well, who would want to, you know, like, oh, I'm not about just doing that. But no, I mean, that that's that camaraderie between your neighbors, you yeah. know? Like, you don't, if you go and you sit down at lifetime fitness, you don't necessarily know where that person next to you is from. Mm-hmm. You know, they could be coming in from 30 miles away. Pool is the only place I see my neighbors. Well, yeah, yeah. Except for the six that live around me, you know. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, when you talk with some of the older folks in our neighborhood that, you know, have, have raised their families for the last 30 or 40 years in those homes, you know, every Friday night they used to do family night at the pool, which mm-hmm. is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, we just don't have time for that now. Like, we, we haven't made time for that, and they used to do that. It was it was a way to build the community. And... Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be excuses for why you shouldn't do something. But at the same time, there's always going to be a million more reasons for why you should. And that's one thing that we've really tried to, by bringing in the next younger generation, try to invent some things and create some new ideas that would engage the community on a different level. So, Well, it's an easy thing to put out there on, on social media. You know, I'm sure yeah. you guys have a Facebook group mm-hmm. now. Which is probably pretty active. Yeah. And certainly more in the summertime, you've got actual events to post up and everything. Exactly. So. Exactly. Justin here is trying to bring all of the neighborhoods together. Well, I like the idea of um, sister clubs. So, for example, let's say my pool is going to have an adult night. Their pool could have a tween night. So that hmm. means the parents from my neighborhood could drop off their kids over here. And then you kind of swap, you know, swap throughout the summertime. And when you've asked, everybody's been cool about it, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, you know. Well, and when you think about it. All these, all the high schools are feeding into one place. Yeah, right? All right, the same are, kids. Yeah, so right. they all know each other. So they mm-hmm. break, you know. They, so there's there's a lot of different ways to, um, to to bridge them. You know, I mean, I think it'd be really neat if you, you could kind of have this sort of, uh, you know, well, if you're a member of this pool, you can come to this pool mm-hmm. as well. And that's that's a bit too like groundbreaking right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, right, right. So, I mean, look, anything that brings in more revenue is always a good thing. Right. Like, it's just a matter of how much revenue and is that beneficial for everyone involved, right? Because if it's a win-win, there's no reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There is a dollar amount. There is a price. Everyone has it. And and for me, I think it's a great idea. It's just a matter of finding those people. Because right now, it might seem like a new idea, but a year from now, it might be the common theme, you know? Well, and you have to have sort of the same security features in terms of, like, sure. does everybody have a wristband? Okay, mm-hmm. you know, so stuff like that. Yeah. If you, if you open it up too much, then people are just kind of gate-crashing every pool, and, and we, all, we all know that that's an issue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How do you guys handle that? At, I, uh, well, that's, that's a great question. I think the liability from a homeowner's um, association standpoint is the biggest challenge. Because when you look at insurance, it's not cheap. 
when you talk about a pool or tennis courts, you know, there's always the possibility for injuries and, and we still got even, our high dive too. And and that's a that's a thing, right? Like there there is actual limitations on the insurance and what you can and can't get. And that's a huge cost to the association. So um but, you know, the way that we've kind of handled it is we, sh- we shop our insurance regularly. And, you know, with our new signs that we just put up, we had to have those covered. Um, you know, if someone runs off the road and knocks over our sign, does their, insur- does their car insurance pay for it? Does our homeowner's liability cover it? You know, there's just all those questions that you have to get answers for, and it may never, ever happen. But they still have to be there. It's surprising how often people hit those signs. Yeah. Yeah, you had just the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. Uh, clarify, I didn't hit the sign just the <laughs> yeah. other day. No, some He's drunk not, idiot hit your yeah, sign not, the other he's day. Not a very good driver. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so okay, well let's go back to you. So the sure. your landscaping, you still do that? You I still do. have that? Yeah, so I don't found somebody to run it. I don't run the day to day. I have a guy that's that's running the crew um day to day. And you know, the business is great because it kinda maintains itself. About a year ago, we kind of pivoted in a new direction where we were just doing maintenance, and by maintenance, I mean weekly, bi-weekly visits, um, as opposed to big, you know, sodded planting projects and stuff like that, redesigns. And um, at that point, it was pretty clear to me that I could kind of step out of the business day to day. And at the time, I had two full-time guys. Um, you're, you're me. Do you speak Spanish? Sí. <laughs> I figured. Un poquito. Yeah, just I mean, a little it bit. It helps, right? Oh, just a little bit? Oh, yeah. no. Okay. So no. Tra- tra- we didn't even get the joke. <laughs> we both just sit there staring at him. Is he talking to us? Tumbleweed going through. What's, uh, what's the website for it? Tell me yeah, about that. Yeah, it's uh, lamarshlandscaping.com on Facebook and Instagram and everything else. But it's original. Yeah. Lamarsh. It's, it's a branding thing. Yeah. You know, like for me, I always knew I was going to get into real estate at some point. It was just a matter of when. And I knew that the name association, at least I hoped, that by <clears throat> kind of creating a, you know, a, a synonymous name of quality with good customer service, with reliability, that that would carry over into real estate or anything I did for that matter. But by the same handbook, I've got a yeah. do- Dogwood Pizza mm-hmm. or the Dogwood Team real estate. Yeah. Not a big team. It's me and my transactional coordinator and my yeah. coach and... But it seems it. bigger than it is. Yeah. And that's all that really matters. I mean, I, yeah. At the end of the day, marketing-wise, I mean, I can't tell you how many text messages, emails, phone calls that I would get about, uh, hey, I saw one of your trucks. And I'm like, one of my trucks? <laughs> you saw the truck. Yeah. Like, that's the truck. That's the trailer. It's the only one out there. Yeah. We're not this, like, multinational landscaping company. But you just learned to use we. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Oh, you saw one of the fleet. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys, um, I didn't see it on the website, do you guys take money online for your services? Um, still pushing, so, still pushing. Yeah, this is another thing I'll push <laughs> So uh, when I got my trailer kind of done up with all the logos and everything, uh, it was really important for me to include MasterCard Visa, uh, American Express on there, and even Discover, for those of you that still have it, um, because it's actually easier for me. Selfishly, it's better for me. I don't like going to the bank. I don't like depositing checks. That little automatic, the ATM check taker deposit never ever works for me at SunTrust. Get on that immediately. Does it suck in your checks? Then? It does, but then it spits all of them right back out okay. immediately. <laughs> like it didn't even try. Yeah. So. Like, how could you uh, figure it out that quick? <laughs> well, imagine it with a pizza place. I mean, yeah, well, you get tons of checks and, and they just. 
And so for me, it was never even an option. We had to take Venmo, we had to take PayPal, we had to take credit cards online. And so we invoice electronically. You can pay it online through Intuit, um, you know, QuickBooks, and it posts to the account two days later. And again, it saves me time. Like, yeah, it's great for my customers, but at the same time, it's saving me a weekly trip to the bank, which I still make because people still write checks. I didn't see a way to do it through the through website. the website. No. Okay. Yeah. All right, so well, I mean, I'll put a link there if people just want to send money, but I have <laughs> no, to attach no. it to an invoice for, for for the way that I'm built right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but if it was automatically taken out of their account, you know. You yeah. Well, I'm saying, yeah. Exactly. I'm saying, would you like to get set up with recurring billing every month? Like, so somebody signs up immediately through the website for mm-hmm. like a monthly or let's say bi-weekly package. Right. That goes directly into your PayPal. There's no waiting around two days. Yeah. And then what PayPal would actually end up doing is sending basically you your QuickBooks stuff, the thing that just, a little note that, that says, hey, this guy paid it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for what I set up originally, it was a high-touch volume thing, and we've done business with 250-ish customers. And, uh, you know, a good portion of those, call it 200, have been you know, one-time jobs. And so I have to go in, I have to create the invoice, I have to send the invoice. For the reoccurring stuff now that's our bread and butter, um, you know, now, absolutely, something like that makes a lot more sense because the only thing that changes, if you have bi-weekly service throughout the year, you have 26 visits. Right. So if you go from weekly to bi-weekly in the fall or in the winter when we probably shouldn't be there every week, um, at least it's not frugal or, or advised in, in my you know, professional opinion. For I was us mowing my lawn yesterday and somebody made fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, man? It was like, there's 10 weeds that I could see. Sure. So I thought I was just gonna yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's, it's, the next thing for me is how do you make it as easy as possible? Honestly. For, well, for Justin, me and for Justin's me. good at that. That's um, what, I, I said good. recurring billing. He's just set okay. up all our sponsorship. We're yeah. going to start taking sponsors. Nice. Um, we've actually just secured our first sponsor. You want to mention it here, I guess? Yeah, Village Orthodontics. Village Matt, Orthodontics. Matt, how are your teeth doing right now? Are they straight? Great. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Sasha, so you don't need to go to Village Orthodontics. No, my wife will be there soon, though. Yeah. Yeah, we got... <laughs> I got a free 3D scan of my... Of, yeah. And he could have printed it out in 3D in the... So he scans it in 3D, uh-huh. and then he could have like done that, you know... Well, actually, it's a... What do you say? It's like it's a, a resin? It's a 3D mold model. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> but they use that, so like if you lose your braces, or you lose your retainer, I guess you can't lose your braces, but you lose your retainer, they can just have another one ready for you because they already know what your teeth look like. Uh-huh. Pretty cool, hmm. right? Very and cool. And then well, you, you got get kids. a sponsor... You got, you got kids. Oh, I'm... Yeah. Then when you get a sponsor, you just have to mention it on every show. So gotcha. Bing. <laughs> there you go. Check. <laughs> so we're, we're gonna you gotta have a video strategy. There's yeah. no reason for you not video. to do video. <laughs> it, it, is, it is like the same amount of work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it it's is. doing its thing over there. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. More editing. Yeah. A little more. Yeah, a little bit more. A little more. Yeah, we just started outsourcing through the sponsorship. Now we can get, uh, I'm going to send all my editing off. Nice. They're just going to send it back to me, and that's it. That's Pretty awesome. Post it. So Very cool. Really excited about it. Hopefully we'll be able to put out more shows weekly. <laughs> Two shows a week. Were you right? waiting for the applause? <laughs> no. I can cut that out later. I'll, I'll cut out you making fun of me later. <laughs> I will. I'll have somebody will. take it out. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Where is Selling Sandy Springs going to go? So like what what are you gonna what do you hope to do with that? Yeah, the the idea for me was just to a kind of put that positive side of what's going on in Sandy Springs and kind of cover up the fact that, you know, you have a loud minority out there that are talking about the bad stuff. And it was like, you know, 
one of the reasons, again, that we moved here was because things were moving, things were changing. The, the development that was happening was exciting. It was going to be fun to be a part of. And selfishly, as an investor, as a, as a real estate person, I wanted to invest in a community that was growing. Because if you're not growing, you're dying. Um, and stagnation is a bad thing in real estate. And so, you know, when we purchased our home, the idea was we want to be in an area where we eventually get more for that home than we originally paid which is a strange concept, I know. But um, that, that was our objective, and even just in the last seven years, we've seen that happen. And so hopefully that trend will continue, and hopefully people will continue to move you know, to this area and are excited about what we're excited about. Sandy Springs is nice. You guys just put in that. What's the, uh, the big city center? City Springs. City Springs. Yeah. Do you know how much that cost? 90 million, 100 million? No, it was like 200 million, wasn't it? The mayor said something. Sorry, about yeah. It. There, so there were two figures thrown around. The first was like. Because we this, were telling people 140, and then somebody told us it was more than that. Yeah, it, it depends on who you ask and how you ask them. <laughs> Either way, it's a buttload of money. It's a lot of money. But I think what's interesting is if you look He's around. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said buttload before. I'll <laughs> we'll have to mute that. Yeah. <laughs> Beep. Sorry, beep. Um, <laughs> beep load. <laughs> Which would be worse. Uh, <laughs> if you if you look at like there's like two or three developments, um, apartment mixed use developments that have gone on uh, Roswell Road there, just right around the corner, and that's private equity coming in and dumping a ton of money into that same area. Some of it before and some of it after City Springs, but at the end of the day. It's all moving the needle in the right direction. And I think when you see a city put up 90, 100, $200 million, that should say something to you as a real estate person, as a, a community member. Um, you should probably take notice of something there. Um, and what you notice is Mercedes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look, the economic Mercedes team, Benz. the economic development team over in Sandy Springs is ridiculous. I mean, they are awesome at getting new business in, in Sandy Springs. And you know, hopefully that will continue because while they aren't making dirt anymore, there's still a lot of areas that could use some redevelopment, that could use some new corporation or new headquarters. Um, again, particularly on the uh, on the north side, um, I think that, that area is screaming for new development. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of old apartment complexes and stuff that... You That's know, where we're at. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's in this area, it's just one of those natural challenges that in the 80s and the 90s, all of and even in the 70s a lot of those things got built because there was demand there there was a need and now that need has kind of shifted to millennials are waiting a little bit longer to buy their first house so they're renting longer they need places to stay you guys have state farm over here we have mercedes over there and ups over there i mean there's a very thin line between sandy springs and dunwoody but it's basically the same thing when you look at the economics and the age gaps of you know, the baby boomers getting out of the housing market and downsizing, and then the millennials getting into their first house. Um, there's there's a need. And it's Are y'all adding apartments over there? Um, yeah, Wait, I mean, just... Listen to this. We have not added apartments since the city was founded. I know, I'm jealous. Isn't that I mean, crazy? I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that just blows my mind. <laughs> no, I think Dunwoody's done... Did you know a... that fact? Uh, I did not know that. Mm. That's why High Street's such a big deal, because High Street, DeKalb County told High Street they could do it 10 years ago. Oh, so those right. will be our first apartments. Yeah, in that long. Yeah, and we have so many apartments in Sandy Springs already that you wonder, you know, what's the 
uh, diminishing return on these. Seems and, like they could just fix those up. Yeah, That's well, what I wish they do around here. Yeah, so you've seen 200, $300, $300 million spent in you know, a quarter mile um, of two or three developments, not even including City Springs, which has its own residential component that, you know, 2800 to $3,800 uh, a month is what they're asking for mm. rents over there. I mean, that's that's better than Buckhead. That's better than Midtown in a lot of areas. I shouldn't say so better. It's higher. Yeah. It's higher. Have you heard about High Street? Mm-hmm. It's over by, it's going to be close to you guys. Yeah. 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 And we're really, I mean, that, that area of Perimeter Mall, I mean, that's, there's just a line all of a sudden at Sandy Springs, you know, you would never know that you're in a different city. I mean, yeah, well, and it's just like the panhandle, right, of Sandy Springs. You don't, like, there's a lot of people that live just north of us here, where, where we are today, that don't realize they're actually city, uh, the city of Sandy Springs. You yeah. know, you cross over Spalding and you're in Sandy Springs. And it always blows my mind, you guys are Fulton County, too, mm-hmm. right? And Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Check out the map. It stretches way up to Fulton County. So some gerrymandering happened? Yeah, I don't know how that happened. (laughs) It's it's really funny. Yeah, no, it's crazy. But if you, even if you talk to a lot of people in Dunley, they're like, yeah, we live in Sandy Springs or in Fulton when they're on the other side of the road. They just don't know. And it's weird because even near Perimeter Center in the mall where you're talking about it, there's no signage. There's not like a welcome to Sandy Springs thing. There may be one on Hammond somewhere, but outside of that, you don't really know. And especially if you're not from here, you have no idea. Yeah. You have no idea where you are. Shambly's yeah. the only one killing it in terms of signage for, hey, yeah. this is now Shambly. We're going to yeah. start doing it soon, though. That's you, you know, this big sign I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Well, yeah. so my, uh, so Larry and Alma Tony were my mom's parents. They grew up, they raised my mom and all of her three siblings in Dunwoody. And then my dad's parents. Um, Easy with the table tapping. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I forgot. You're on a podcast I, now. Bro. Yeah, I forgot. Started, I like started to be animated over. for the video. <laughs> sorry, yeah, um, again. No. Um, yeah, that plays great on video, but... <laughs> yeah, it does. Like like tribal drums in the back. Yeah. yeah. Jim and Judy LaMarche started out in Shambly as well, my, my dad's parents. And, um, you know, my, my parents met in high school at Shambly High School, got okay. married. They were high school sweethearts. And um, so this area is, you know... Again, changed a ton, and I'm only 36. Just in the last 36 years, it's gone crazy. Um, Shambly, especially. Especially Shambly. And it's like an apartment city now. It's yeah, it just mm-hmm. blows my mind. Every time I go there, it's it's changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be great for 15, 20 years, and then those are all going to be yeah the crappy apartments it's, that we're talking about. And so, so there's two ways to look at it. As a real estate person, you can appreciate the investment because they spend 90 million, and they've got you know probably 10, 15, 20 good years of a solid run. They're smart enough to get it back. Oh, 100%. I mean, They're always going to get it back, and it's just a matter of when, right? But then when it is pouring cash out of the ATM that it is, why on earth would they get rid of it? You know, why would they sell it to a condo developer that is going to just go in and paint walls and then flip it? Um, but the market will dictate all, and at some point that will become viable for someone or it won't. Um, but for the old stuff, I think it's just a matter of quality. Because when you look at new apartments, it's like, I mean, it's not what I lived in when I was in college. It's, no. It is a far scream. That's actually luxury. Even though my apartment was called a luxury apartment, it was not close to luxury. I don't think they had a luxury apartment in Athens. <laughs> well, I feel like everyone just calls their apartments yeah. luxury apartments now. Yeah. But there is a there's a marked difference between 10, 15 years ago, what was considered luxury, and now what's actually luxury. Yeah, that stuff I mean, in Shambly's nice. Yeah. Real nice. Hey, did Absolutely. you see uh, Shambly Plaza's getting a, a facelift? Mm-hmm. They're going to, you know, Shambly Plaza, mm-hmm. right, from growing up? Um, 
They're adding, what is it, TJ Maxx? TJ Maxx, I saw it today. Home Goods. Five Below. Five Below. Some sort of Korean barbecue place. that one. Five, well, five Below is huge I know, with the kids. I love Five Below. You ever take your kids to Five Below? <laughs> Dude, the place sucks. Yeah. It's the only store they want to go to. No, I don't know right. why. I don't know why. Well, it's their, I think it's their Toys R Us. Because, and they know that they're probably going to walk away with two or three. Yeah, they're allowed to get what they want. Oh, that's why that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, yeah. Her. Hadn't thought about that. That's a good point. Though. Well, that's the only store they want to go to. Right. right, kids. But, and when you think about it, there really is no Toys R Us now. So that's mm-hmm. it for them. Um, speaking of Sandy Springs, somebody brought... Okay, so we were talking about the scooter, you know, the scooters mm-hmm. in Atlanta. They were talking about bringing scooters to Dunwoody or, or how we were going to handle the whole scooter phenomenon. And Mayor was saying that he's going to try to team up with your mayor and they're going to come up with like a regional plan for mm-hmm. it. He did just get up in the middle of the podcast. It's not going to work well on video. Yeah, but... pop that collar before you come back. Right, well, no, just change we'll shirts. Come back without one. Change shirts yeah. altogether, please. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I guess there's a lot of things that Sandy Springs and Dunwoody kind of work together for, yeah. just specifically because of that area. Yeah, that's well, a that's a problem that a lot, or not a problem. That's great that cities have to deal with. You know, like there's not huge, you know, ten story buildings in most cities. Like right, and there's right on the edge of both of our cities. Yeah, well, and it seems like as far as I can tell, and again, I've only been here now for what seven years, but there's always been a really good working relationship between the two cities because mm-hmm. I think they understand that there are a lot of challenges that we can face individually, and then there's a lot that we can probably face better together. And and I've heard a lot of you know and read a lot of articles about different projects and different incentives that the two of us have kind of put in place. To benefit each other and um, you know we've basically been kind of fighting the same fight for call it you know 30 or 40 years Eva back with Sandy Springs started fighting for you know cityhood 40 years ago and it just happened 13 years ago so that's a long fight to fight to only be 13 years old at this point mm-hmm. but you have to have you have to have cooperation with your next closest neighbors because if you don't whatever we build out in Sandy Springs is going to affect Dunwoody and vice versa. Just like Roswell, just like East Cobb, just like Shambly and Brookhaven, and just like Buckhead. So, you know, whatever we do here, we do have to be thoughtful about our neighbors, but also what can they do to help benefit us? I mean, it needs to be a, a mutual relationship. And the independent school system thing, I mean, that's something that we're really going to team up with Sandy Springs. Yeah, they're actually, so one of our city council, uh, our city councilwoman for District 4 in my uh, district is Jody Reichel. She's actually one of my neighbors. And she put together um, a group to do an initial study on just Sandy Springs at the time. Oh, yeah. And I know Dunwoody had looked at it at one point, And, you know, just the feasibility study is like 20 grand, yeah. you know. But when you have 108,000 people in Sandy Springs, and I don't know how many in Dunwoody currently, but... ninety. So call it 200,000 people, you know, if we all pitched 100 bucks, that thing would go a long, long way, uh, not just for the feasibility study, but also to actually put something in place or put a timeline together. Um, that that issue is more about getting the rest of the state. Yeah, the rest of the state's not going to play along with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's a, that's the biggest challenge we have ahead of that whole problem. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, you know, as long so as people Fulton are... county interested. school system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and if... If things continue the way that they have, someone's going to win. Either things are going to actually get better or they're going to continue to decline to a point where we don't accept it anymore and change mm-hmm. actually does occur because that's how change happens. Yeah. And until then, you're going to be paying for private school, huh? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, when you make it the new normal, <laughs> yeah, it's just like driving. And that's why you're in real estate now. Oh, that's right. <laughs> gotta, gotta sell some homes. <laughs> landscaping money can only go so far. That's exactly. Gotta right. go, gotta go to lamarslandscaping.com. That's right. <laughs> that's right. No, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just like driving a Honda Civic. Yes, it will get you from point A to point B, but. In a Porsche, it's a lot more fun. Yeah, what year is that Porsche out front? 86. 86? <laughs> yeah. What's the Lamar's Racing? Is that what that is on the side? No, not yet. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that's coming. That's coming? That's one of the... That's you're the like me, thing. severe ADD, yeah. just starting businesses <laughs> over and over. Because no. a racing business makes a ton of money. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at any of them over the last... <laughs> Just no. racing guys for pink slips, right? Yeah. yeah. No, that car is actually, there's a huge story behind it, so I'll spare you the details. But it's basically, beautiful. thank you very much. Um, as a kid, I had a picture of a, a big poster on my wall of a 911, a red 911. And I never actually intended on buying Pull Me Over Red because that's exactly what it does. Um, but uh, as a kid, I had that poster on my wall growing up, and I was like, that's it. Like, that's the dream car. And I was always a car guy, kind of. You know, my dad worked in the auto industry and would commute to Detroit every uh, every Monday and then fly back on Friday night. So uh, I always just loved being around cars, went to all the car shows, and we, me and my brother would drive to dealerships as soon as I could get my license and drive, and we'd just go look at new cars. And that was like our thing, you know. Most kids were playing video games or whatever, but that was our, that was kind of like our shared bond, if you will. But um, yeah, like four years ago, I bought that car, and I actually... What year is it? 86. 86. So, I actually, so it was the car that you had on your wall pretty much. 86? Pretty close. Yeah, that one was a slant nose, which is just a little bit different look. But the one that I have is is as close as I could probably afford. Have ever. you ever taken it to uh, Caffeine Octane? Yeah. Yeah, I was there um, three weeks ago, actually. Yeah. yeah. We've never been there, either one of us. <laughs> you should go. It's a good time. <laughs> We've heard even, so sad. Even if you're not a car guy, it's still fun. Yeah. Like, especially with kids, they yeah. love it because yeah. there's fire trucks and dump trucks. And also, I mean, there's a plane car that goes there. Actually, Bruce is, is coming on selling, selling Sandy Springs soon. But since it's in Dunwoody, you guys should absolutely talk to him. He's a really cool guy. And a lot of people don't know that story either, that 12, 15 almost 20 years ago that thing started out as like over in east cobb the 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 avenues at east cobb um there were like 10 guys that got together every sunday morning and they would literally just grab a cup of coffee and walk out and talk cars and then it went from 10 to 20 to 50 to 100 and then it moved up to windward parkway up in alpharetta and um just went to a whole new level there was like three thousand cars up there and then a couple years ago, um, they moved it down to Perimeter Mall, and then it just went even more bizarre. And he started doing advertising and having vendors there, and it's just a really cool story. But it's, it's the biggest one now—the biggest reoccurring monthly uh, car show in the country, actually in the world. Okay. No, yeah, and it's right here. Hmm. Like a lot of people don't know, we've that. never talked to him. Yeah, well, you're going or, to. Or I'll, I'll put you in touch. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. It's funny because I mean, you'll you'll see that people. Video might be a little bit more difficult, but anybody will be on a podcast. Yeah, like nine out of ten of the people that I have. They don't care what they sound like so much as what they look like. Yeah, and it's it's relaxing. Like I, I kind of forgot about your video actually. Yeah. When I'm thinking about it, but um, yeah, I mean it's it's easy to talk. It is. And you just don't even think about it. So yeah, at least you haven't done that Garth thing. We... <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the intro. I think. The big eyes. <laughs> No, pop that collar and we'll get back to the We're here with Matt Lamarge <laughs> from 
LaMarche landscaping. <laughs> well, I want to talk marketing with you. We might yeah. as well just keep filming it. Um, so sure. what's with you? You're a big Gary Vee guy. You're talking about splitting up the video and yeah. putting it out like that. And... Yeah, I think uh, what he's done is really interesting. And, and you know, his, his popularity has grown by leaps and bounds over the last couple of years with video, with audio. I mean, you know, he now has a full team just just taping him just recording every word he says mm-hmm. and um you know when so both of my grandparents both of my grandfathers passed away pretty i mean within the last three or four years both of them and that really actually kind of got me thinking about the whole legacy thing and gary was kind of on a legacy thing at that time and that's his big kind of you know overarching theme and um you know i really started to think about man it would be cool if i could go back and watch or listen to my grandfather talk about his first business or talk about his young family and you know what what he was going through at that time you know and for it to be real and authentic but also just to hear you know especially in audio would be really cool yeah I, I've thought about that a lot lately I think about getting our parents on and having mm-hmm. you know even if people don't enjoy that you know maybe, maybe post it maybe not you don't know what's going to pop though you know what i mean and and it would also i think give your listeners a different perspective on you guys you know mm. um which i think is huge because i started doing instagram stories every day i was doing snapchat stories for a long time and you know a lot of my like high school and college buddies and friends were like what are you doing and i'm like i don't know i just like documenting <laughs> like and i'm saving all these videos and then i'm putting them on youtube and i'm you know, I think it would just be cool if my kids had something to point back to and and show my grandkids and their kids. And I, I just think that's a cool thing. And now we've got it so easy that this is easily producible. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be super fancy. And, you know, Johnny LaMarche the third is going to be watching this in 3019 or whatever. And on his eyeball, eyeball, on his eye, on his eyeball <laughs> camera. <laughs> and his TV uh, built into his head. <laughs> And I think that'll be cool. I think that'll be interesting. Um, and hopefully he'll, he or she, whoever it is, at that point will go, hmm, that's what I got from great grandpa or whatever, you know? You got, uh, you got to kind of bet on the, um, the right social media platform to archive platform, this stuff. Right. I yeah. mean, like, let's hope Facebook is around in 100 years. Yeah. Or let's hope YouTube is, and probably they will be. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to have to really deal with some <laughs> downloading and re-uploading. Well, no, but Snapchat... You don't care that Snapchat went under, or for all intents and purposes, went no, under, no. because that's, they go you're, under? you're comfortable enough, like, talking on camera. Yeah. Now. Like, I'm terrified of that thing, and luckily I keep forgetting about it, but, <laughs> like, that's that's something that I would like to start doing. Hold because on, i got to sell I'm not, all my Snap uh, stock. <laughs> I'm not quite as deep as you, where right. you're like, I want my kids to see it. I want people to know me so that I can do business with other people. Yeah. You know? well, and, that's, and that's what the reason we were doing the podcast was 100%. to meet more people. 100%. And it's turned into us learning about the community and yeah. trying to be, you know, positive. I'm just a positive person yeah. in general. And yeah. so we portray that positivity. I don't know what the hell you're doing here. What are you doing here? I don't know what I'm doing here either. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to gain from this. <laughs> just, uh, I entered a contest and lost. <laughs> it's just along for the ride. Popping no, his you're right. Back you're right, forth. though. I mean, and that's the thing. Everything I do, whether it's a video on Instagram or uh, a YouTube video, whatever, to me, there's always a couple strategies or a couple things that are behind it. And you're exactly right. I mean, look, if you don't think that I didn't come here to re- record a podcast with you guys because there are similarities, but at the same time, when someone thinks of Sandy Springs, 
I want them to think of Matt LaMarche. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to think of City Springs or Movies by Moonlight or any of the events or things that go on. I want them to think of me first because I'm going to connect them to those things. Right. But at the same time, deep, deep down, I know that my great-grandkids are going to watch this someday, yeah. you know, or, you, or listen to this. I mean, it seems like you're a connected person anyway. I was not connected. Yeah. I knew nobody in the whole city. Justin, I mean, knew your, you knew your neighborhood pretty well. You knew yeah, Georgetown. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And now people reach out to us to get them in touch with other, you know, the CBD 100%. or something. And, and that's what cool. you want. And it happened fast. That's what you I mean, want. We haven't even been doing this a year. And, that's what's crazy, though, and right? at the beginning, we didn't try. We have a lot of politicians and judges in our back pocket. That's what people know. <laughs> when they... <laughs> I need a Porsche. That's what I need. So when I got pulled over, I'd be like, oh, what's, what's oh we just interviewed the chief of police last yeah, week. Yeah, right. We're doing a ride along in a few weeks. <laughs> if someone wants to start selling heroin in our community, they have to come through us. Oh, oh yeah. That's, that's what we want. Got it. Well, you I'm always clear. take it like a step too far. <laughs> He's that guy. Yes. Got it. Got it. No, I, again, I think you're right. I think when you become the connector, when you become the plug to... Um, services and other businesses and individuals that people want to be in touch with, I think there is a lot of responsibility that comes along with that power. There really is. And and for me, I like being the guy that connects you with someone else. So I'm hoping that even if it's just a networking event or, or you know shooting a video or doing a podcast, that someone reaches out to me and says, hey, I live in Sandy Springs or we've been thinking about moving to Sandy Springs. Who do you know that can do this? Even if they never, ever buy a house from me, I want to be that guy. Yeah. I told the mayor during our interview, it didn't make the tape, but I want to be the digital mayor. My wife would never, ever allow me to be the actual mayor. So I want to be the digital mayor of Sandy Springs. Well, yeah. I mean, if it, if it takes 10 minutes for me to write an email to recommend these two people get together, I'm going to do it, mm-hmm. you know, without even thinking about it. It's like, oh, all right, this guy needs this, this person needs this. You yeah, know? and you've and run into a lot of that with the pools. Tons. I, I mean, mean, everybody... I, I wrote one today to Katie over at the convention bureau. You know, yeah. it's like so. Yeah, Where'd you get right. digital mayor from? Is that onion juice? <laughs> no, I don't. Do you think listen so. to onion juice? No. Okay. I'm registering it right now. <laughs> Please do. I'll buy it. We should listen to that one. This guy Neil okay. Mathwig is kind of a Gary Vee type of guy. Okay, I've I've heard Gary talk a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was kind of formulating my strategy behind my real estate business, it was like. You know, what's a great way to meet a lot of people in a short amount of time and let them know about your business? A podcast, a video series, um, you know, blog. You could certainly blog about it. What I like about video is that, and what I had done over the last two or three years was document every day of my life, working life, and shown people. I mean, if you go to YouTube and type in Matt LaMarche, you'll see 200 and something videos of me talking about lawn care and landscaping till no end in the shower if you <laughs> no absolutely oh, not just far, wash it see. off the day hey uh, <laughs> youtube viewers absolutely not no um and, and it's all the same demographic of people that are watching those videos too right. other guys <laughs> right <laughs> no but seriously if you can if you can go there and see the videos you see i mean you learn so much more about turf i know a lot about <laughs> landscaping i know a lot about trees i don't know Two hundred videos about turf. <laughs> That's it. That's all it is. Is grass. Somebody's yeah. watching those videos, though. Yeah, you know? Matt, you covered this topic a <laughs> hundred times. Yeah, but that's the crazy thing is that I could do it a hundred more times, and it would still never be enough. And you could be saying the exact same thing as some other idiot out there, and they like you more than that guy. Hundred percent. You know, a hundred percent. So my idea with the the Snapchat stuff and and building that video kind of audience 
was, okay, I've now got a lot of other landscapers and lawn care guys and guys that build ponds and even homeowners in my area that are now using me because of it. And mm-hmm. so I actually used it to transact business. Yeah. And so when I would use a geo filter on there for Brookhaven or for Shambly or for Dunwoody or whatever, someone would be watching my story up in Woodstock and they go, oh, I got a buddy that lives down in Dunwoody. You should, here, I'll connect you. Explain yeah. that geo filter. I don't think, I don't even think I know that term. Yeah. On Snapchat, you could swipe okay. through a Instagram couple different. Instagram has it too. Yeah. You can just tag the location that you're in or whatever. And anyone in that, in that story can see that location um it's like hashtag Dunwoody. oh on, yeah it's on with an actual yeah location. and what's great about instagram versus snapchat in that regard is that with with um snapchat you just swiped through you found it and then it was just on the video with instagram you you've got that same thing but now you're getting a you're getting distribution to everyone that watches that story so if you go follow the hashtag sandy springs or hashtag Dunwoody, then you're going to start to see everyone that's used that same hashtag and then you can go follow them or you can go like some of their content or engage with them whatever but that's the major difference between instagram and snapchat and so you know one quick story was that i had brookhaven on there we were doing doing like a little landscape job in there and uh, laying some some like rock steps down and a girl that i went to high school with watched my stories i was like i have a friend that lives in brookhaven so she went down sent it to her i went down did an estimate for him and we picked up a 500 hundred dollar job just from that one view just from that one person. Now, obviously, the, the thousand or so people that were watching my Snapchat story didn't all, 1,000 of them, send me a customer, but at the same time, one did. Right. One have, you, uh, have you noticed how many real estate agents are watching Selling Sandy Springs? Or, like, reached out to you, friend requests and stuff like that? Um, I bet there's a lot. Yeah. They have a lot of real estate agents that listen to this show. Yeah. I, I think it's a little odd, but, you know. Well, I mean, I But th- it's also... A connection like one of them sent me a house this morning that's sure. not on the market yet but mm-hmm. knew that I had you know Dan um, looking for a house in that area yeah so she sent me a house that was off market yeah I mean Gina Bodell oh Gina plug there yeah I I don't see other agents as competitors really yeah. I don't because you can't. you can't right there's there's a pie out there but then there's another pie somewhere else mm. and and for me I mean, that was one of my hesitations initially when I got into business was, you know, in our in my office, there's 500 agents. That's a lot of competition. But then when you start to talk to each one of them, you're like, oh, that one works over in Douglasville. This one's over in Conyers. This one's down near the airport. And it's like, so I don't really have as much competition as I thought. But in Sandy Springs and Dunwoody and Brookhaven and Buckhead, there's a lot of competition, yeah. right? But at the same time, I don't see other agents as competition. I see them actually as an asset because they know people that I don't know. They know about houses that I don't know about. And that could also help me. <laughs> well, and there's always two, two people benefiting anytime the house sales, right? Yeah. Or, or real estate agents. Yeah. Mm-hmm.